Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Tuesday, February 18th, and my oh my, was it a Monday. Normally during the season, we, we can't wait to hear from Mike Tomlin on Tuesdays, but he went on ESPN's first take and he went off. There's several layers to what he talked about, so I'm going to spend quite a bit breaking down what he said, how it's been been reacted to across the league, and what what what, what this all means. Because if he, of course, went to defend Mason Rudolph uh, from his allegations of Miles Garrett, also addressed the Antonio Brown situation, and that is Steelers news, considering it's the it's the Steelers head coach talking about it. We'll also d- dive into. Unfortunately, Tony couldn't be with us to record for the for for this show. But he did give us some Tony takes that I will be going over and reacting to live on live on the show. Let's get into it. Okie dokie. Man, did, did, y'all, did y'all see Mike Tomlin? I mean, did y'all see Mike Tomlin? This guy, I mean, I, I, I've always admired the, the, way they, the way that he operates, the way that he carries himself. You don't ever see him making ridiculous statements. He's never had his Rex Ryan moments. Uh, you know, he's never he's never been out there looking like a jerk and calling people names. You know, he's 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 always been well measured and just kind of keeps to himself, does what he's supposed to do and says about his business. And you never really see him step outside of that shell, right? They're always like the Steelers are always focused on who's next, what they what's 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 next down the line, who's the next opponent, what's the next thing on on the year calendar to get ready for the next season. But Mike Tomlin has had it. And boy, did he get on that show. So what I'm going to do is my first, for this first segment, I'm going to break down, I'm just going to break down the different parts of his statements so we can get accurately what, what he said so people don't twist things. And then in the second segment, I'm going to get into all of my takes on, 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 on just responding to what he said. So let's, let's, let's break this down. Of course, Mike Tomlin went on ESPN's first take show specifically to talk to Stephen A. Smith. Now, this, this topic of Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph have been talked about ad nauseum on all sports networks, but especially on first take where Stephen A. Smith does, you know, has, has made it, made it very public that he believes that Miles Garrett was in the wrong, as should anybody. But while Max Kellerman believes that Mason Rudolph started the fight and that that's what did it. Now, he still says that Miles Garrett shouldn't have done what he did, but why bring that up? In the first place. So, anyways, Mike Tomlin come comes up there, and Stephen A. Smith asks him, um, you know, how he how he took the outside the lines interview once he got a chance to see it. And Mike Tomlin starts very well. I took offense with it. I, I took offense to it, to be quite honest with you. Tomlin said we were hacked off with what we saw this weekend. When it first transpired during the season, we don't have a lot of time to pause and fight battles of that nature. Of course, here he's talking about Miles Garrett's allegation the first time. It's during the season. They they just lost a tough game. They've got to bounce back so that they have a shot at the playoffs. Why are they going to they don't have time to focus on this? He continued, "We said our piece. We were completely co- cooperative with all parties involved, the Cleveland Browns and the NFL office." Then we had to move on. We had another game awaiting us, but then well, when at these allegations returned this past weekend, I thought it was appropriate that Mason is properly defended. Of course, we're talking about the Outside the Lines interview with Mina Kimes, where Miles Garrett brought up these allegations again. Tomley continued, These accusations are serious, not only in terms of Mason Rudolph's character, but his professional pursuits. Nobody on that field corroborated what Miles Garrett said. And I think it's very important that that's that he that he said that specifically. But I'll get into that in a bit. Um, he said, I thought the way it was presented wasn't fair to Mason Rudolph. And 
that's that's a huge part of here because he's he's really he's here to defend Mason Rudolph, but he's not here to attack Miles Garrett. He's here to, to to tell ESPN he didn't like the way they handled this situation. He's uh, he continued. It's been a lot of negativity around Mason Rudolph. He got fined fifty thousand dollars for essentially getting beat up. His reputation was tarnished for the allegations. He was an active participant in the altercation. A lot of the things that have gone on beyond that, I struggle with. I think his reputation needs to be defended and defended aggressively. And oh, is he? He's getting aggressive. Uh, he continues to talk about how he was on the field immediately after the altercation, and he brought up how uh, no, at no point did anyone within the Browns organization come come to him and say, "Mike, heads up, we got a situation here" or anything of that nature that you would, that you would expect that comes with these types of allegations. He said, "We've had a desire to move on from the moment that it happened, and that's what we attempted to do." When this interview came back up this weekend, we thought Mason needed to be defended. I fully support Mason Rudolph. We, as an organization, fully support Mason Rudolph. Mike Tomlin, man, did this guy go in? Um, let me let me stop myself before I get ahead of myself. I gotta get I gotta get you guys. I'm gonna get to get you guys the takes in a bit. But what's also interesting is he finished it with uh, with talking about Antonio Brown. Stephen A. Smith asked him about that, and of course it's Stephen A. Smith. It's first take. They gotta ask the the popular questions. It's the, it's their job. You know that's I, I I get that. I'm not I'm not mad about that. But then, it was really it was really kind of interesting. He, you know, Stephen A. Smith said, "Would you or the in the Steelers consider bringing back Antonio Brown back in light of the Maya Copas and or the contrition he has displayed?" Tomlin responded to this kind of laughing at first. He chuckled. He said, and then he responded, "I'll say this: once a Steeler, always a Steeler. We had a great we had great success over the course of nine plus years with Antonio. We're always going to be interested in his growth and development as a man, and we'll be open to assisting him in that." But we have no current business interest at this time. That's as statemently and as businesslike you could get with that situation. He doesn't. He doesn't maim Antonio Brown. He doesn't. He doesn't. You could easily take shots at Antonio Brown right now. Who who doesn't? Logan Paul's making Antonio Brown look bad, and that's the level that he that he's fallen to. Antonio Brown. It's also weird that I haven't heard him in the media for the past like four days. I, is that wild? Is that wild? It's wild. Uh, but uh. You look at this, and Mike Tomlin, he didn't attack Antonio Brown. He just said, hey, we don't have, we're not interested right now. We hope that he gets better. And he said, once a stealer, always a stealer. This man burned the bridges. No, 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 he nuked the bridges. They tried to trade him to the Bills, and he cut that off. They could have gotten a first-round pick back from the Bills. They could have gotten even more for Devin, you know, for the Devin Bush situation. They might have had an extra, they might, not, they might have had more picks this year. Ah, I'm, I, I digress. I'm, but, um... I thought it was very interesting how he approached that situation. And that's this is why Mike Tomlin is so highly revered, right? He doesn't do these things lightly. He doesn't just just say willy-nilly um what uh you know what what comes to his head. He is organized, he has a purpose, and he states it very succinctly. He, he's, he's always to the point. He never just just rambles, kind of like how I do sometimes. <laughs> but um this this is this is why Mike Tomlin is a great NFL leader, and he's a great coach. I mean, there's no doubt about that with the success that he's had. But this was a moment that the Steelers needed someone to step up from the, from its from their offices, and it wasn't the GM, it wasn't the owner, it was Mike Tomlin. And it also, of course, bears weight that he's he's one of the only African American head coaches remaining in the NFL. He faces heat every week. 
Yet here he is defending his quarterback, Mason Rudolph, on national television. All right, I'm going to get to a quick break, and then I'm just going to give you my general responses to all of this information. Be right back. Okay, so let me give my interpretations of all of this. Now, Mike Tomlin, what what has everyone always told you? He's a player's coach. He's a player's coach. I've always hated the connotation that people have always said that with. Yes, he's a player's coach because players like him, but he doesn't baby these players. He treats them like adults. He's always done that. He's, you know, he's let their successes be their successes and their failures be their failures. While he does remind them what the goal is and what the standard is for the Steelers. Now, I look at this and I'm like, man, um, you know, this, this is a delicate situation. National media is coming down on, uh, on, the, on the Steelers. There's very people defending them outside of the organization on the, you know, around the country. Now understand this Steelers fans, you're listening to this show, right? You're, you have a, you, you're probably locked into our local market. Even if you're not from Pittsburgh, you probably listen to Steel Nation radio with Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, Wes Euler, Arthur Motes, all those guys. You probably listen to other shows that involve the Steelers, but only one Steelers podcast, right? That's us guys, right? They have to play, uh, but uh, but you're locked into the, to what what's going on here. If you're not attuned to the national media, there has always been a, a, a sort of well, not always, but I'd say for the past twenty years of watching of, of watching and 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 studying how people react to the Steelers, it is a very different conversation with how the Steelers are perceived. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, for example, Thomas Davis, former linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, was on NFL Network over the weekend and said he thinks that Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, didn't come back because he thought uh, you know this this season because he thought that or because he thought that Ben saw no chance for them to win this season and he called it quits. Now, as uneducated as that statement is, I, I, I wasn't say uneducated because it's not about you know any any degree of education. It's just ignorant because anyone who knew anything about the situation knew that he had an elbow injury that he had to get season-ending surgery for that he still can't throw the ball down. So spare me, Thomas Davis, but. That's the level of what we're dealing with on the on the national scale. Uh, another example: two years ago, when they played the Buccaneers, they were struggling. I think they were like one and three or something like that, and they needed a des- they desperately needed a win. And Steve Young went on Monday Night Football. They were the Steelers are getting ready to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Steve Young uh, goes on uh, on the preset on the countdown for for Monday Night Football on ESPN. Says, "Oh, I was in the Steelers locker room and it was really tense. It was it was really int- you know, big guys didn't like each other. It's not a good situation in that locker room." Then Jim Wexel, longtime Steelers beat writer, good guy, give him a follow on Twitter. Um, he he tweeted after when he, after the seeing that clip. He's like, you know, I have literally been in the Steelers locker room for every second of availability th- th- during this trip, and I have not once seen Steve Young. And I would have seen him come through here. So that says a lot. You know that that's 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 the national media. So the Steelers have often treated this the the national media like elevator. They treat all me- media like elevator music. That's that's something that Mike Tomlin's often said. They don't they don't deal with that. But this this he felt was a serious matter, and that that should speak a lot to you. Now now again, he comes out and he doesn't. He doesn't. He even says, "I'm not attacking Miles Garrett. 
I think that's very tactful on his part. I think that's very and, uh, tactful and tactical uh, all, all at the same time because he's not coming out and calling Miles Garrett a liar. He's doing exactly what I was talking about yesterday. Don't call him a liar. Just say you don't have evidence to support him and you and, and the evidence that, that has been provided supports Mason Rudolph and therefore you're not going to get you're not going to just jump on, jump on Mason Rudolph. He didn't jump all over Miles Garrett. He did jump all over ESPN for how they irresponsibly covered the situation. ESPN, Mina Kimes didn't push back on anything Miles Garrett said in the interview, or at least ask deeper questions to Delvin as to say, wait a minute, when he responded about the allegation. What about the NFL not coming up with anything? What about why didn't any of your teammates know about the, about this situation? She didn't ask those questions. Then there was the panel that was on, I think it was Outside the Lines or just another ESPN show, where they just assumed Mason Rudolph's guilt. That's what 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 Mike Tomlin wanted to address because when you don't address those national those national storylines as the, if they continue it gets dangerous. Mason Ruff is very young. He's a young quarterback. He's about to be in his third year in the NFL. He had a rough. He, he you know he he had some good spots here and there, but he had a, a for the most part a rough to bad second year in the uh, in the NFL. So he's dealing with a lot of heat. He needs to grow. Mike Tomlin needs to cut this off at the root, and he came in with the machete of black and gold greatness cuz he just chopped everything that 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 has been that has been said lately. Now, people might not change their minds if they're set on that Mason Rudolph said, you know, so, uh, you know called Miles My- Garrett a slur. And that's fine. He's not there to address that. He's there to address ESPN is that you are a journalist, you are a, t- a television station. And I I personally I like ESPN. I think that they do a good job for the most part, but this situation they have severely mishandled and that the you know that addressing and, and, and again it's not everyone at ESPN it's it's a few people it's it's that panel that was talking you know I've heard uh I listen a lot to Dan Lebertard's show uh, I listen I, I listen to what Stephen A says uh a few people that know him and uh you know I admire certain people with ESPN that I listen to their takes it's so it, it's not the entire network but this had to get addressed and just, just when you look at Mike Tomlin and you see how he how he's taken every step of, of these statements look at again how calculated everything was he did he comes in he says he says you know the first time they didn't have time to deal with it and a few times Stephen A Smith tried to even draw him in right like there was the one at one point he asked him a question of what do you think about Mason Rudolph suing him should should he go should he go and sue it sue Miles Garrett Mike M- M- Mike Tomlin doesn't even take the bait he's like that's not my decision that's up to his him and his represent representation. He doesn't get into that when um, when Stephen A. Smith tries to draw him into what other people should do or what other people think. Mike Tomlin's never concerned with that. His concern is what happens on his team in his locker room and what is being said about his players by the by the journalist organizations that he has to respect. ESPN has a longstanding relationship with the Steelers as they do with every professional team in the United States and abroad. But the fact that that went so when they say you know if this was if this was the brown the you know the browns you know some cleveland media who cares they probably have said those things for all i know and twitter was a blaze from browns fans being mad at mike mike tomlin for this but when it's espn he felt the need to address that and he did it extremely well this is again why he is a great leader and mason rudolph retweeted the video of mike tomlin defending him and just all he said was leader of men and that is exactly what Mike Tomlin is. If you want some co- a coach to go to war with you, 
there are there's a bunch there they're not gonna say a bunch there's a there's a few guys out there that that that's jumped to the front of the pack but mike tomlin is that guy he always stands with his players he always treats them like grown men and he and he get and he, he again he gets the locker room going every single year if and this was the year right this was the year that everything should have fallen apart you know they you know three years two years ago Going into 2018, if you asked what the biggest factor on the Steelers to win in 2018, it was Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell not only doesn't show up in 2018, but leaves the team. Antonio Brown completely dissipates and has to and, and is and is sent to the Raiders. Ben Roethlisberger lost in the middle of the second game of the season. They lost their three big guns, and somehow they were within a game of the playoffs. That is remarkable and it just it just goes to show this is what i'm always talking about when 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 people come down on mike tomlin this that, that this guy is a true leader he is everything that you want in an nfl head coach and those the people that call him a cheerleader or you know oh he doesn't know the game you know or, or they poke at these little points in here where yeah you could say he could have made a better in-game decision i'm telling you right now as a person who loves to watch football you look at any coach Super Bowl champion Andy Reid right now, Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, even Bill Belichick. There are always moments where you're like, whoa, why didn't they call timeout here? Whoa, why didn't they do this right? Oh, what's up with that? These guys seem disorganized. It happens to every team, and it's not always the coach's fault. It's a very lazy thing that I've always seen when people just blame the coach for everything. Um, I think there's times where game plans need to be taken into consideration, you know, if you if you're avoiding a strength of yours to prove a point that I, which you know sometimes you see ego come into place, that's certainly a situation. If you can't control your locker room or your team on the field, that's certainly a situation. But for the most part, if you come in with a with a reasonable game plan and there were opportunities for your team to win the game, and it's just the fact that your players didn't get it done, that's not on you. Uh, it, it's on you to, to 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 evaluate and bring them back and do your best the next week, but the the the, the blind statements that have always come against Mike Tomlin, I think, have always been uh, been short sighted uh, or based in someone's wanting for there to be a problem where there is not. And uh, it, it's funny. It's funny enough. It's funny because I, I watched Twitter, and you go on social media, you will see Steeler Nation responding emphatically saying uh talk about mike tomlin as they should dan kovacic and dale lolly both wrote very good columns on the situation in uh for dkpittsburghsports.com i suggest you go read that when you get a chance and he, and mike tomlin absolutely deserves the praise here but my point is it shouldn't have to take him going all the way out for, for some of these people to, to, to praise him for the great for the great things that he does in the organization if you understand football if you understand how things work. This this is what he's always been about. This is how he handles every situation. It's just that this situation calls for a much higher degree of seriousness. And, and it, it puts them out in the spotlight. And the Steelers, he avoids the spotlight. He doesn't do these, these off-season talks. That's how that that's when you know it's 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 serious. And this is what you get when Mike Tomlin is put to task over something very serious. So I think it's a great job by Mike Tomlin. I, if you go in the if there's a lot of discussion about this in the Facebook group for Locked On Steelers. Again, if you want to join that, join those conversations. Go to Facebook, search Locked On Steelers. You'll you can find our, our group. I'll add you as you know, request to be added. I'll add you as soon as I can. We also have some other fun discussions you can get on the show with some with some of those. Um, 
Um, also, free free. If you well, you have your opinion on how Mike Tomlin handled this, or your opinion on Mike Tomlin, period, or anything like this, get get me on Twitter. Follow follow me at, at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Hit with the at and I'm always done to chat with you guys. Thanks so much for those who do. We're not done. I'm just giving you the rundown of that because unfortunately, like I said, Tony could not be available for the show. However, we were talking. He I did I was like, man, the fans miss you, man. Can we do at least some Tony takes? So Tony's giving me some takes that I will get that I will give to you and respond in, in, by myself on air so we can have some fun with this. But that all that right after this break. All right, we're back and again in place of Tony Tuesday, we're going Tony takes on a Tuesday. So uh, Tony is the man, Tony Serino. If you're if you're new to the show. Tony, it was the uh, was the was the host for quite some time. He brought me on as a co-host, and then he had to get on with uh, with his life's work and do some other things. Um, so he can't be on the show full time anymore. But we will be bringing him back uh, as much as we can. You were trying to go for a weekly basic and basis and do a Tony Tuesdays thing. Tony, for those again, for those who uh, don't know my, the good brother Tony Serino, he is. Uh, He's the hot take pair between the two of us. You know, I, I'm more. I'm always trying to be like Mike Tomlin. I'm always trying to be measured and say the things that uh, that I think that I think are right and stand up in the, in the positions. Tony takes on, takes on all things. He's the guy that said that Mike Tomlin was going to the Redskins. He's the guy that said that um, that you know Devlin. He well, uh, he was right. He called Devlin Hodges being you know being an effective quarterback. I don't know all that, but he did. He 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 pointed out Devlin Hodges on the first day of of training camp, and uh, Devlin Hodges went on to start several games for the Steelers. So, so that was it's been a while. So let's get into Tony's takes. Um. First, we'll start off with the ESPN situation with Mike Tomlin. He says, quote, love, 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 in capital letters, Tomlin going on ESPN, not only to defend Mason, but also criticize ESPN for their reporting on this. Tony, we're right on. We're in El Simpatico. Is that what that means? Actually, I don't know my Spanish. That probably means something completely different. I don't know what I just said. But we are on the same wavelength, my friend. So you are on the money with your take here. So I will get to one. We just I just spent 20 minutes talking about this. Next next topic. XFL is legit fun. I'll be watching every week for three players. Cardale Jones, the star of the league so far, PJ Walker, and of course, my boy, Landry Jones, who had a beautiful game-winning handoff and is 1-0 as a starter. Only Tony Serino can still love Landry Jones. Did you guys watch that game? There was a play where Landry Jones scrambled for a first down and there was like nobody around him. It was the slowest scramble I have ever seen. Now, I understand he's dealing with like a, like a knee injury of some sort, but like it was a scramble that like I could beat him running backwards. Like it was it was that bad. Uh and, and Landry Jones at the XFL uh, but he was supposed to be their star, and he did not look good, y'all. Like, he threw a pick. I, I, I'm sure Tony, sorry, listened to this somewhere, thinking like, oh, what are you talking about, Chris? He, he gave the game-winning handoff. And that's just, that's great. That's great comedy from Tony. This is why I love the man. You know, he, like, you know, I asked him about his NFL, what, what he thinks about the NFL draft. He said, Chris, Jerry Judy is good. And I'm like, yes, yes, Tony. Yes, that's, this is this is what we need from you, sir. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I do agree. Cardell Jones uh, at least looked exciting. 
Um, I thought that was interesting. And, and the XFL definitely is entertaining. It's really fun to watch. I, you know, and, and you know, it, it it keeps the it keeps the the pace moving. Even when there's not scoring, there's something going on. You can you can see. I mean, you had Matt McGloin, a quarterback uh, that used to be would be with Penn State. Um, and going into the half, his team was was stinking, and he was stinking. And they asked him, you know, what do you think needs to happen to to, to for for the offense to turn around? He said, we need a better offensive game plan. And attacking his coaches on air, going into the tunnel. What happened? They came back out and they changed the game plan because they benched him. That kind of stuff is hilarious to me. It's the XFL. Like this, this, this has been a very good start. I haven't seen the ratings yet. We'll probably get into that later this week. But I know in in the first week there was like a game that had like three million viewers. That's insane. Um, you know, I, you know that that's really good. I mean, and, and that's not that's not too crazy. But if they keep up the viewership over these weeks and they're on the they're on the same times, they're not moving around the week anymore. They're uh. Um, they, they, they've got, they've got eight teams. They're on the major networks. The XFL is starting off pretty strong. Um, continuing our XFL talk here for Tony. He said the NFL should steal the XFL kickoff rule immediately. Safer play and still fun to watch discourages touchbacks. And, and, and he's absolutely right. The, the kicking game, it puts all the team, they puts the, the, the kickoff team and the coverage team or the, and the return team within like, like five or 10 yards of each other. The kicker kicks the ball off. But he, he can't kick it out of bounds, and he can't kick it into the end zone. And if he does, it's a penalty, and they get really good field position. I agree. It makes it the return game more fun. It makes it safer because it's not people running all the way down the field for high-speed collisions. It's uh, I, I, I'm completely with, with you here, Tony. That's uh, that, that's on the money. XFL is is it's an, I think that's another one of the cool things of the XFL. People see that and they're like, man, I want to watch more of that. Final thing from here, here from Tony. Pop quiz for all Locked On Steelers fans, he says. Would the Steelers have made the playoffs if Landry started eight games? Please show your work. All right, so so you know my man Tony Serino. Get at him. You know, hit us up in the Facebook group. I believe he's still Steelers Country on, tw- on Twitter. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. Would the Steelers have made the play? That's a very good question, Tony. Would they have made it with Landry Jones? Because Landry Jones, as bad as he looked in the XFL game, this is the XFL. He's coming off an injury. This is a whole new system. This is a whole new league. He doesn't have you know, good players around him. With the Steelers, he would have he would have known the system. He would have had a relationship with the offensive line, with the wide receivers. Even the new one, you know, Yante Johnson, that's fine. He would have been in training camp. They would have been, they would have been in a, a much different situation. Would they have made the playoffs? I gotta say yes. Because he he wouldn't have won them a whole lot of games, but he would have done much better than than Mason. He wouldn't have folded in the situations where Mason Rudolph would have. He would have found a way to bounce back. Um, and then if there was a time when Mason Rudolph had to come in for him, Mason, that's when Mason could have been a little hot because there were times early in the year he threw two touchdowns against the Seahawks. That's if if you come in hot off of that because because Landry Jones carried you a little bit further. Now that gives you a little more wiggle room. And Devin Hodges doesn't have to start against the Bills or play against the Jets or play against the Ravens, which is the three games that if they win, they 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 win those, you know, they win two of those games during the playoffs for sure. So I agree with you, Tony. Landry starting eight games. Yeah, I'm gonna say the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So shout out to my man Tony Serino. Thank you for the for the Tony takes. This has been Tony Tuesday on another episode of Locked On Steelers. Thanks to all those who listen to the show, all those who support us. If you want to, again, join the Facebook group by searching Locked On Steelers. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. 
if you're if you're liking the show, please hit that five star review and uh, leave a positive comment. Those things really help me get out the show to the rest of the world. We want to get this out to all the Steel Nation, y'all. Let everyone know this is where it's at. Thanks for all those who contribute to the show. I'll be back tomorrow talking more things on the Pittsburgh Steelers.